Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also follow me on social media at No Clutch Nate, as well as my Instagram page, Clutch Figures. And I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Scott Corelli on all social media. And I'm from Back to the Future Minute, Spider-Man Minute, DuelingGenre.com. And uh, please, if you go to DuelingGenre.com, check out uh, the podcast that I write and produce. It's called Geek by Night. It's an original podcast series uh, with actors and special effects and stuff. It's about um, five friends who run a comic book store together and have superpowers. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So, so please check that out. It's like a comedy uh, kind of comedy adventure kind of thing. So uh, check that out. It's called Geek by Night, and all of that stuff is at DuelingGenre.com. Cool. No, that's awesome. Um, today, we're talking about Man of Steel minute number 35, and the minute starts with, um clark on foot attempting to hitch a ride from a truck that passes by and then the minute ends with a person jed eubanks telling lotus lane that he isn't a fan of the daily planet mm-hmm. um that truck that passes clark i uh, kind of had some questions about because i don't know if that trucker knew about what happened with ludlow in the last few yeah. minutes. So maybe he's like, don't don't pick up that guy. He'll <laughs> throw some trees in your truck. Don't do that. Because it just kind of passes by, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I, th- I thought that when I first saw this movie. But then going back in a minute by minute, I, I couldn't tell if the brake lights are on and he's pulling off to the side to pick him up or if Clark is just supposed to look this whole, you know, discouraged, no one's picking me up, I'm going to have to hoof it. Yeah, I mean, I think he's turning around to, like, see, like, okay, that guy's not getting me. Is there any other trucks coming? No. All right. Back to walking. But uh, I want to know how much time passes between him hitchhiking and him suddenly having a job and being named Joe uh, at this, like, this base. Well, why is he walking? I would just be leaping. Yeah, he can do that whole giant bounce. I assume by now, uh, you know. Well, going he doesn't. To... He doesn't want to be seen. I would assume. Just do it in the forest. In the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're going to the bathroom. Just do it in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> no super speed. No. No. Nothing. Super yeah. speed would have been cool, but you know maybe they didn't, they weren't ready with the technology to like do that in a film. I don't know. I don't even care if you needed to see super speed. I just feel like. Well, then you need to explain it. Yeah. Well, Cause he, yeah. Because, again, like he's saying, how does like what is the time between him hitchhiking and him to being called? Like, everyone at the Arctic Cargo in this minute, like, knows who Joe is. And yeah. Like, yo, Joe, go pick up those bags. And, like, how does he know? And even Or how long does it take for him working at the Arctic Cargo thing and him gaining all this intel on the ship versus when Lois actually gets there? Because yeah. she goes back and interviews jed and uh he says that he was you know like a great worker he was oh you know he was a good guy but like that kind of implies that you had to be there for a while not just a couple days where yeah you know, picking up a couple bags oh yeah he's a great worker <laughs> <laughs> i i uh i really love tom openiket um the the guy who's playing that character mm-hmm. like yeah hilo from uh from bsg i i really love that guy and i was really excited to see him in this and I was like, oh, cool. Is he going to be a movie star now? No. 
No. Well, I was surprised. Super minor role. I I did some background research on both Lois Lane and Jed Eubanks here. Um, And Tamo, uh, both him and Amy Adams were in Smallville. Yeah, he played, what what was mm -hmm. it, Ronan? He played two characters. He played one uh, Vince Davis and one Wes Keenan. Wes Keenan. There you go. Um, And then in Arrow, he was Nick Salvati. Right. And then in he played Steve Trevor in that Justice League Gods and Monsters show. Yeah. The the animated? Yeah. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah, that Elseworld, which I never got to sell, but I really wanted to see. I got it. I can oh, give it to you. It's, it's excellent. <laughs> it's yeah, excellent. It's really good. Um, But, uh, yeah, I haven't seen is that this, yet. Is this Amy Adams' first appearance? Yes. In As the Lois? Yeah. Yeah. In the film, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And... Um, she yeah in Smallville she played a Jody Melville. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was uh she sucked the fat out of people. Mhm. That's crazy. And I did not expect that statement cuz I don't know anything about Smallville. Yeah. So that- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was uh she was a meteor freak. Um and they would do they would have a meteor freak of the week cuz what happened is like the meteors that came that landed with Clark as a baby, they like gave people in town powers. And uh, she had she was a like a like a fat girl. And then she like got the meteor power and she lost all this weight. And then she like has to feed on people's fat. It was a really, really, really awful episode. But if you ever want to see Amy Adams in a fat suit, watch (laughs) that episode of Smallville. Let me write that down. Top of the list. (laughs) I think it's called. I think it's called Hunger, I think is the name of the episode, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> All right. I did a Smallville podcast back in the day. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> yeah. It's silly. Um, yeah, it's really silly. Um, I am not – I don't know how you guys feel about her, but I am not crazy about Amy Adams as Lois Lane. I think she's kind of boring. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I I'm, I agree with them. I've never seen a good Lois Lane film, though. I think she's too – Involved. Uh, that and, makes her and, better and, as a Lois Lane. No, not like involved. Like she's too. No, my depiction of Lois Lane is the the reporter who's constantly working and is constantly blinded mm-hmm. over the fact that this super being is in love with her and she's in love with him, where she doesn't see the the separation between Clark and and Superman. And that's my my, yeah. my favorite Lois, and I you know there's none of them have really even come close is Dana Delaney in Superman, the animated series. Yeah. I was just about that's, to say that. Yeah. I was that's say, my favorite Lois. Yeah. I, mean, I, I agree. No one even comes close. I was going to say my favorite Lois Lane is the one from flashpoint mm. where she's like in the war zone, like trying to do, well, recording. that's what this is. So yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah. That's kind of like what this is. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Well then, yeah, I guess this is my favorite Lois Lane yeah. in film. My Which, second favorite would actually, I think, be uh, the Lois from Smallville. I think she was actually really, really good. I just, um, I just recently watched the episode where she kicked that guy, and and you know, oh, you paralyzed him. What, is, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what? She, she got. Oh, oh, oh man, that episode is so weird because like she's doing that yeah. drinking contest, like Indiana Jones, and yeah, and it's, well, I mean, I mean, the perfect. I mean, let's be honest, the very the perfect Lois Lane would have been Marion Ravenwood from Raiders. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Hands she's down. like she's what I picture in my head when I think of Lois Lane as a live action character yeah um unfortunately that'll never happen because that was you know 
30 years ago, but true that. Um, but yeah, what was it in Smallville? She she was drinking with those college jocks, and then mm-hmm. one of them got drunk and tried to grope her, and she oh, she right. kicked him in the street, and then you know he, he paralyzed him. He was paralyzed, <laughs> but she she didn't paralyze him. There was that other meteor guy that was like parasite that that paralyzed right. him. Right, right. Par- Am I right? Yeah, on that? Am I right with my memory? I I think you're. I think that's about right. I mean, my 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 thing is like I loved her. That doesn't mean that the show was great. I just, <laughs> I really, I think that she perform, she played the character like I picture Lois Lane. I've only seen um, Smallville in YouTube videos, so I mm. saw the Booster Gold Blue Beetle battle. But it was like the college, uh, college Lois Lane where it's yeah. I don't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah, I think that was, I think that was the first season she was in. That was season four, Lois. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. But as in the later seasons, when they're both working at the Daily Planet, and it's just like that Clark Lois dynamic that you you love, like oh, it's awesome. It's really good. In, she was in, she was a good Lois in Smallville. In Smallville, yeah, yeah, in Smallville. Toward the later seasons, like eight, nine, ten, that range. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's a good thing to point out that this Lois um, is a redhead. And uh, they kind of switched roles because we saw Lana in a few minutes before that where she was Burnett. And uh, mm-hmm. typically their their roles are reversed kind of deal. Usually except, she's the redhead yeah. chick from Kansas. Except on, on, Smallville, except Lana, on Smallville, Lana has, uh, yeah, she's like a raven-haired yeah. girl. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Lois, Lois has been depicted with red hair, though. She has red hair in Death of Superman. That's right. Oh. Yeah. So maybe which again, which 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 feeds into our theory about Snyder being a '90s kid, yep, and loving '90s Superman. So of course his Lois would have red hair. Yeah, that sounds pretty solid. Yeah, it's like well, you have to, right? I mean, when you say you want to do a superhero film, you have to pick a generation, right? You can't just yeah, you can't just combine them all and just pick pick and choose what yeah. you want, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can. Sure, you can. That's what I would do. I just pick all my favorite stuff from all the different eras. I mean, that's what they did with the Sam Raimi Spider Man. That's what that is. Is it? Because it's it. Yeah, it's like three different eras, like all mixed up, and characters are doing things that other characters did in the comics, fulfilling all kinds of different roles. It's like a whole amalgamation of Spider Man canon of like like forty years of Spider Man canon, all in you know three movies. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess because what? Because Flash shows up in the first one, and then Eddie becomes Venom, and all that stuff. And yeah, all right. Well, I was gonna yeah, say like if you look at these D- the DC cinematic universe, if you look at um, well, Wonder Woman is as of right now, I want to say kind of new fifty two ish Wonder Woman. The movie, like this like, this DC uh, cinematic, yeah. Well, no, because no, because the era doesn't fit. But I was I don't saying the think, character. I don't think she's – I think she's one of those characters where she's kind of like an amalgam of a lot of things. Oh, okay. Because I don't I – don't, I can't pinpoint a particular era that she would be – she would fit into. And then what about Batman? Because, I mean, that's a dark knight. Batman's – Batman's – yeah, Batman's Frank Miller. That's – Yeah, that's kind of – Period. Set in stone, yeah. So yeah. is it just like 90s Batman? Well, no, it'd be it'd be eighties. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
80s Batman, 90s Superman. So he's still picking and choosing. He's just staying consistent within the character that he chooses. Yeah. Hmm. Man, I wish I had that free range to make characters. Like, if, if I were to make a movie, that seems like, like... I think that's what Scott said. Yeah, it's like that's what you would try... That would probably be the best outcome, to pick and choose what you would feel like you would want to create your characters I'm as. such a huge right. fan of the multiverse that if I was making these films, Darkseid would not be the villain for the Justice League. Like, I know it's Stephen Wolf in Justice League 1 or whatever. Um, but I have a theory. I think that's a, I think that's a red herring, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my <laughs> favorite Justice League villain is the crime syndicate from Earth 3. Like, yeah. the anti-Justice League. I am, I love that stuff. And I love, uh, like, the crisis on two worlds. Infinite Earths and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that stuff, so... That would have been my pick. I, you know, I would love seeing that in the future. Well, you gotta. I mean, you gotta have the Justice League before you can have an evil Justice League. That's true. It's true. Um, yeah. What do you now? Let's. Now, this might be getting off track a little bit, but you know what? I don't really care because it's the last day of the week. But Scott, you said that Steppenwolf is a, is a red herring. What do you? Yeah. Please explain. Now I want to get into this. <laughs> okay, so I think I think Steppenwolf is a red herring because why in the world? Of all the characters in the DC universe, would you make Steppenwolf the villain of the Justice League movie? It doesn't make any sense. True. Like, marketing-wise, it makes no sense whatsoever. Like, creative-wise, it doesn't make any sense at all. I think he's a red herring. I think the true villain of the Justice League movie will be a resurrected Superman under the control of Darkseid. Yo, so you're going with Earth 2 kind of storyline right now. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, I, man. I, I think All that's right. what it's going to be. I think Darkseid is going to be the person who resurrects Superman. I think that's what Steppenwolf is doing on Earth, is re- resurrecting Superman, using the mother boxes or whatever, making him an evil disciple of Darkseid, and then the Justice League bring him back to the light okay and then okay but, but with this and then whole it ends with super and then it ends with superman being superman like the iconic superman yeah. that we all know okay perfect yep. so with with steppenwolf being a red herring if you're going off this whole earth earth 2 kind of kind of aspect of it i need to see that karate chop in half of steppenwolf that he does with the laser you know the heat vision to to, to melt him and karate chop him i need to see that <laughs> I need to if this is what this world is turning into. I have to. There's well, I'm no sure Snyder needs to see that too, so I think you'll be fine. Oh man, I God, if that's on big screen, I will. That's it. I'm done. That's, well, <laughs> I can go home happy and not have to do any more. There's of this. also that. Uh, uh, what's this? Is that scientist who works for Dark Side? Um, Daysod. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, his little yeah. right hand mofo. The guy, like, I, because I'm like, well, you're. Resurrecting Superman, I feel like I feel like I I I believe I don't know about the evil Superman. It'd be cool to see, but I do know that I well I feel in my heart that Darkseid's there to get Superman. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Kryptonians play a big role in Darkseid's you know whole big picture. So I think I really think that if Darkseid and and Apocalypse is a big you know uh, plot point in this this universe that we're seeing, the cinematic universe, they mm-hmm. kind of have to drive the the fact home that kryptonians are this all being you know this 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 super massive being under a yellow sun uh-huh. uh, you know absolutely hmm wow yeah 
Oh man, I'm so <laughs> excited to see that if if that's the case. What was it? Cuz cuz that was what, what was that guy's name? Berserk? No. Uh Oh gosh. You like, brawler bra bra. You talking about like Steppenwolf's like weird half brother that they keep in like a basement? No, they kind of made well Earth 2 kind of had their they 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 captured that version of Clark and they kind of siphoned him into this Bizarro type deal Superman mm-hmm. where he was this evil Superman that everybody thought he was Superman just he was evil but he really wasn't he was just this clone that kind of dissipated so if that's the key that'd be cool unless they're going about it like how Origins did it where Darkseid actually captured Superman and is now brainwashing him into thinking that he's or no that was Supergirl in one of those Anyway, Yo, yeah, the, yeah, that was the animated yeah. film Justice League War when they they turn Superman a little bit so that he like Batman has to like fight him yeah on like a parademon sh- ship, mm-hmm. but that film and I've seen it multiple times they don't even explain how he changed back to Superman. They literally like Batman's like you have to remember who you are, Clark, and then it's and then later on they they go back to Earth and and Superman's like there. Yeah, it's like I've seen it so many times, and I don't know why, but they don't explain that at all. It's the biggest plot hole in that animated film. But I can see that you know being used in 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 this film, because that that's crazy. And it would be nice to see Batman, kind of being the one to bring Superman back. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so that'd be cool. I you know I'd love to see that. Um. Before we get more <laughs> carried away, um, is there anything more to talk about between this being the first time Clark meets Lois? Or I'm sorry, his name is Joe now. Yeah. Joe Joe Greenhorn Clark Cow. <laughs> I, I really like that beat where she says, careful, those are heavy. And then you cut over to Clark and he's just covered in bags and he's lo- has this look on his face like, oh, these are supposed to be heavy. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I, that's, I love that. I, I wrote that down. It's, I always liked how she described him as heavy and he's just got all of them slung around his back like, oh, yeah, okay. And then he, he gets to the place where she's like, you know, camping out way before she even gets there. I, I understand that she talks to the military guy for a little bit, but then – all these bags being heavy, he's just set up her entire shack for her. And he's walking out of it like, yeah, no big deal. Again. I, I don't think that. that that doesn't happen in this. Movie. Oh, no, I no, no, no. That. Sorry. Yeah, you're Come right. On, That's na- I apologize. Spoiler All right. alert. All right. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but no, yeah, this is the first time they're meeting. And I think he already has like a, an inclination of like, she's pretty charming. He kind of yeah, lifts I- her out of the helicopter when, when she's there. So he does. Again. Picks up the but I like that down. he, that I like that she treats him like the help, which is exactly how Lois should treat Clark when they first meet. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Because uh, I really like that. We see it here. We see it throughout the film. We see it later in the in the next film. She's very rude <laughs> to people she just meets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know. Dismissive. Yeah. She's just like, well, yeah. I'm here to get my story, and mm-hmm. you know. But he, right. for some reason, he finds that charming, and he and he likes that. And I don't. Well, I mean, Clark, Clark and Lois is one of like the greatest comic book romances of all time. Yeah, I think. Um, I I he does he loves her because she stands up to bullies. 
and that's what he does. But she does it with words, and he does it with action. Mm-hmm. And like they, that's why he loves her. And so I, I love that. I think it happens way too fast in this movie. Um, and then they're like living together in the next one. It's way too much, way too, too fast, yeah. way too fast. Um, there's like no courtship whatsoever, which is crazy. Uh, but, uh, I, I love Lois and Clark. Yeah, um, I agree. As a, as a couple. Well, it's, it's 18 months between this and the next film. So, I mean, there could have been. Right. But they're already making out in the, in the, in the destruction of Metropolis. Yeah. Um, in this movie, and it's it's too soon, I think. Yeah, yeah, because I I mean, well, I, I blame that on like Hollywood's representation of relationships. Sure, yeah. we, we're we're getting sure. to a point now in films where like that that gets taken out, and people are kind of glad to see that becoming a development in in movie making because it's like mm-hmm. like that scene. Yeah, it, like it's too soon in the film. But for like a film standpoint, like people are probably like, well, that needs to happen, right? Like, that needs to be part of the checklist. Unfortunately, which mm-hmm. is sad. I'm not yeah. for it. I'm actually against it. But I agree. I always like the thought that that Clark fell in love with Lois for solely her being a storyteller, and him being kind of captivated in the way that her writing is, where she kind of kind of has to to see the the best out of all the destruction and all the crap that that she writes about in the world that she still finds some sort of glimmering hope in her pieces that he mm-hmm. likes to pick out and likes to see that side of humanity even though it's all just total crap i think he... well she she represents the best of humanity yeah yeah she's she lois lane is clark kent's hero mm-hmm. yeah i i agree i agree because it's like here's this woman getting herself into the worst danger a, a mortal human could deal with and she like she does it with such confidence and like right. didn't even think about the danger well she knows of the danger she just gets in it and he's like wow like what ended up like he's just so like awestruck by this person who can just be like middle finger to the world like i'm just going to go out there and do mm-hmm. reporting and uncover the truth because i have like this um like persistence to do that again it brings back to my theory of lois being a metahuman oh my god i can't (laughs) hate this scott have you ever heard that (laughs) no oh yeah man lois lane's ability her superpower is that she is in the right place at the right time always and that's that's why she that's why her and superman fit and and work so well together because they both have to be at the right place at the right time constantly. And, you know, she's the world's greatest reporter. How else can you get all these Pulitzer Prize winning without being, you know, sticking your neck out for whatever? It's a crazy theory. It's a crazy theory, but I'm sticking to it. Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I like it. I don't care what y'all think. She's thought, a metahuman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's a metahuman. Just no one knows yet. I think you're not alone in that, right? Isn't there like other people with that? I hope. I think oh. so. Oh, you Oh, you came up? Now it's I didn't come up with it, but oh. I, I, I'm pretty sure that other people think this way, but I don't know if I all their other friends other people... are laughing at them like how you guys are. No, there's a guy out there. There's, there's, a, commun- there's a Reddit board for that. 
Good. Let's look <laughs> it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna go join it. <laughs> um. Yeah, but other than that, uh, oh yeah, there was that whole Jed Eubanks telling Lois Lane about that first division mission that didn't. Oh, I couldn't find anything on that. Yeah, which I really want to know what that was. It's like that sounds just like some wartime thing, but like what happened? That should have been like a one-shot comic for this Man of Steel bit. They should have done like a or at least touched on in the prequel. No, because that's all about Krypton, right? Yeah, it was all about Devin and Supergirl and Kara and all that stuff. Yeah, all right. So it would have been cool to see some... I don't know. I like this Lois Lane. I would like to see more of this Lois Lane. Um, and I don't I don't have a problem with her. I don't have a problem... Um, I, I, if there is a problem like with the character, I don't think it's because of Amy Adams. I think it's just the way that they wrote the character. Um, but I, at this point, I like the character. So... Um, yeah, I th- I think she's pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I just I, she doesn't inspire me, like you know, like Lois should be inspiring, and she's not inspiring. She just, I she just is. I don't know. Yeah, she just exists. I kind of I kind of agree with Scott on this. Like my my depiction of Lois Lane is uh, animated Super Superman Adventures. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of deal. That's that is the go getter Lois Lane, and especially if you move it on to. To what she, I think she had a little bit of a couple of roles in, in the actual Justice League and Unlimited series where she even went further into being Lois. Like it's, it's that persistence that that they did get with Amy Adams with you know seeing later on in the movie where she does go and question everything and and interview all these people that had contact with them, but then it's like they kind of put aside her reporting for the fact that she's so blindly in love with Clark. In uh-huh. BVS? Well, yeah, you see it more in BVS, but in this one too, it's like she completely throws out all of her after she learns like who she is and everything like that. And I mean, of course, the world's in turmoil with alien invasion and everything like that. But again, Lois is not the one writing about it. She's the one that's so in love with this guy that could fly that it kind of just surpasses everything that we know of Lois Lane. Well, it's going to be real interesting to see. Uh who she is as a character in the justice league film. Cause it's like, she's probably gonna, uh, I would hope to, to see her kind of doing the same stuff. Uh, maybe trying to uncover everything that Lex Luthor was trying to find out. I don't know. Do like reporting on that and like trying to unearth the whole parody of the thing. Like if she picks back up what Lex Luthor was doing. Yeah. Like it, uh, the whole death of Superman is, you know, it, it's hard on her, but, she doesn't know any other thing to do, but besides, I don't know, try to keep going on on that on that thread. Yeah. Is she in Justice League? I don't I don't remember hearing whether or not she's in it. She's in it. Oh, okay. I think yeah. Um, but do you guys have anything about this minute? No, no, I think I'm done. Um, no, Scott, I want to ask you, what is your uh, favorite ideal either way you want to look at it superman's story if it's by an artist or if it's by a writer or anything like that depiction of the character what made you enjoy um, the character the most like i think what he's saying is like let's say someone asks is asking you about superman yeah what are you giving them in their hands to be like go home and experience this um birthright 
and probably Superman the Animated Series okay. are the two big touchstones for me because what I love about what I love about Birthright is humanizing Clark and making him just a guy who's having to dress up as this icon to do what he thinks is the right thing. Um, and I love the ending of Birthright. Uh, it's like the only comic that has ever made me tear up is the ending of Birthright. Um, but uh, I, and then Superman, the animated series, what I love about Superman, the animated series is they made a conscious effort to depower Superman so that his power isn't that he's like this crazy strong being, this godlike being. It's more like he's pretty strong, but his power is that he doesn't give up. And so he's like getting his ass kicked constantly on that show. Yeah. Um, and I actually love that. And he just he always gets back up. Like that's his thing. And that I think informs my vision of Clark and of Superman more than just about anything else is that animated show. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I've always yeah. thought the animated was like the most Boy Scout you can make Superman. No, I think Christopher Reeve is the most Boy Scout. I would say. I think it's both. <laughs> I think, well, not exactly Superman Adventures, but Superman in the Justice League show and Unlimited, which is the oh. same Superman, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was yeah. barely in Unlimited, I guess, if you want to go for that. Well, aspect, yeah. But... The whole, the main Justice League is barely in. Yeah. But Unlimited. Justice, but from animated to Justice League, um, yeah, same, yeah, same guy. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my favorite Superman. That's good. I mean, I appreciate that. I like that. that's. I mean, I grew up on animated. I mean, I remember having to go home every Friday night at seven p.m. and to watch Justice League, you know, and to see it. But I, I always disliked that depiction of Superman. I was not the biggest Superman fan as a kid. I always loved Spider-Man and Batman. They were the shit. I loved them. They were amazing. It was great. It was really just now, more recently, within the past, I guess, four or five years that I actually took to getting into the mythology, to getting into the mind, to getting into that character of what Superman is and what he can be. So, I mean, I I appreciate um, you liking the animated series it, it, because I, I dislike it so much. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> no, um, I, I, I recently I've, uh, I think the past couple of weeks I've really been like, man, where can I watch the animated series? Cause I really wanted to get back into that. Cause there's only, there's not much that I remember from this show. Um, I remember the Lobo showing up in a certain episode or so. And, and that stuck with mm-hmm. me, but like I, I really want to rewatch that because I think it's almost unfair the the love that like a character like Batman gets as opposed to Superman. So part of me wants to like, like I feel like there needs to be like a Superman Renaissance almost, like because there's so much like the 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 mass audience like is so in love with Batman, but I feel like. Superman needs needs to be the one. Yeah, like I, th- I feel that's like what you should be as a person. Yeah, yeah I get you. instead yeah, of being feel, all I, dark and brooding. It yeah. sounds weird, but yeah, I feel like there needs to be like a Superman Renaissance, like mm. where we just like. I'd be on board with it. I mean, I love the character now. Don't get me wrong. I, I, the the two characters together, the Batman Superman is my yeah, favorite like thing you said, the ever. Dichotomy yeah, of them. it's 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 phenomenal. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, this angsty Superman's got to be for somebody, so I'm glad it's it's working out for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I feel yeah. like that's going to help 
someone like realize themselves like almost like batman begins was um because i i don't want to say i grew up with man of steel but batman begins was a film that that batman was trying to find himself and me in the year 2005 like i'm a young kid like i'm like middle school high school like and that like you sometimes as a person when you watch those things like they imprint on you in a way and one of these days man of steel is gonna like some kid's gonna watch that and it's gonna have some kind of effect on him and he wants to you know be the be the right guy be the do the right thing mm-hmm. so. hope so it's just you know comic books in general like when they were created back in the 30s um but let's see do you remember the first time you watched man of steel uh opening night yeah yeah oh yeah now, of course and it was a new superman movie i love superman <laughs> of course i was gonna go see of course it. and uh yeah. what, do you remember what your exact thoughts were leaving the theater um uh you guys will be really angry with me but um i i hated michael shannon oh man um, oh. still still do i think he's awful oh. i just think he is absolutely god awful. you waited this movie. whole week to say this <laughs> Yeah, I think he's god awful in this movie. Um, I I think he is playing in a different movie. Uh, he's he's I, this movie is very grounded and 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 serious, and he's like Rita Repulsa. Like he's just awful. Um, <laughs> Rita Repulsa. Yeah, I yeah. So I'm not. I don't. I don't like Zod at all. And I was I was taken aback by how much I hated him. Um, but the movie itself, like I was like. That's the neck breaking. That was weird, but I guess it was fine. And then, you know, the internet told me I hated it and I was like, I don't, I don't know. And then I just sort of like, I guess I did. And then I rewatched it before BVS or earlier this year. And I was like, it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. I, it's, it's fine. Like it, it is what it is. And, and then when BVS came out, I had already, because I rewatched Man of Steel and was like, that wasn't that bad. Like everybody's, dogging on this movie just because it's not the Superman that they want it to be and you know whatever and so then I went into BVS with like an open mind and I actually like that movie way more than most people do oh yeah well you're in good company with that (laughs) yeah I I mean I don't I definitely don't think it's perfect um but I can see I can see the movie they were trying to make and I can see like where and why certain things fail where they do. But like overall, like I look at it and I'm like, this is a legitimate story, what they're doing here. Like I, I see what they're doing and I get it. And I think this is pretty good, honestly. That's good. That's yeah. good that we got people yeah. on our side. I, I, yeah. uh, I'm kind of really against the notion that a film has to be either perfect or God awful. So whenever yeah. I read someone's opinion about that, I just feel like it's it's almost like invalid, like th- that someone could say like or that movies have to be either perfect or terrible because I don't think there um, there really is a perfect super or not Superman film, but the superhero film. Um, it, it gets really hard to get there. And I don't think much of the Marvel films are perfect i think winter soldier is probably the best one that they have film caliber wise and i yeah. think th- for the dc side i mean 
Yeah, the Dark Knight, I guess, is... I think Watchmen. Uh, the, Dark Knight, yeah. the Dark Knight's not a superhero movie. No, yeah, yeah exactly. See, exactly. Thank you. Exactly. It's, it's like, not a superhero It's a movie. guy. It's, it's a really... Yeah. It's, not even, it's not even a Batman movie. No. Yeah. Like, not really. Oh. He doesn't have a character arc in that movie. It's not a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Batman Begins is a Batman movie. Yes. I could see an argument for Dark Knight Rises being a Batman movie. But The Dark Knight is a Joker Two-Face movie, and Batman is in it. Yep. I, agree. I I Batman Begins like I told so many people Batman Begins is my favorite Batman movie. It it just mm-hmm. to me is Mine is Mask of the Phantasm, but Batman Yo, Begins. Scott, we're going to be real good friends. <laughs> I actually I'm like like right in front of my my computer where we're recording this, I have a poster of Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, that's fantastic. Like, that honestly my... like when, before they introduced Deathstroke as like the Batman villain, I was like, please let it be Mask of the Phantasm. Like, because yeah. that story <laughs> is so good. Like, I even have oh, the yeah. graphic novel adaptation to it. And it's just like mm-hmm. this thin little book. But it's like, the the fact that, like, when the ending, when Batman has, like, the revelation of who the Phantasm is, and, like, it's just it's so conflicting. And it's like, you don't realize mm-hmm. it because it's like, back then it was just like a kid's movie to launch an animated series. But it's like, wow, that's that's heavy duty, you know? Mm-hmm. There you go. I almost said heavy duty doc, and I was like, "Oh, no. <laughs> can't do that." Can't do uh, that. Different show. That's his show. Uh, uh, get it? Yes, I get it. That's <laughs> why I cleared my throat. Um, <laughs> but that's I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think I think on the DC side, Watchmen comes comes pretty close to being a really really good superhero movie, but then at the same time, it's not a superhero movie. It's, it's a it's a deconstruction movie. exactly and and in my opinion I and I was one of the people that was like championing that movie when it came out and I was like this is a, this is one of the best comic book adaptations of oh, all time wow and then I started thinking about it and I realized that the 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 ending the way that they changed the ending actually breaks the movie from um, comic book because, to movies yeah. Yeah, because the ending changes because originally it was that squid monster yeah. from outer space that they drop on Adam the city. Bomb. Yeah, and now well now it's Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. But the problem and the idea, the concept is that oh well the whole world will be united against Doctor Manhattan, except they wouldn't be because Doctor Manhattan's American. Yep. Yep. That's exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't work like the comic book works. Where the comic book, the squid monster, as silly as it is, it's an alien, so it comes from outside the world. So the world is united against a threat, a theoretical threat from outside the world. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. It being Dr. Manhattan actually breaks the movie. It's tighter because it's Dr. Manhattan, but it does break the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. Um and I kinda I, the only reason I am okay with that is because I, again like you said it makes the film tighter and i feel like that's what um because a lot of people want to like say that the ending of man of steel is, is very like michael bay-ish but i feel like that whole destruction of metropolis is a there's a purpose to it kind of like the bombing of all those cities in um watchmen it's like if Zack snyder was really kind of michael bay-ish he would have like just thrown the squid in and, and not give a damn he would have just done it but you know it does seem outlandish, and I feel like, like the Battle of Metropolis was not outlandish for no reason. I feel like the Battle of Metropolis, the destruction in it was on purpose, and like oh yeah, to, absolutely to showcase it was it it was. But the problem is that it when you watch Man of Steel in a vacuum, it doesn't seem like there's a reason. 
you don't know that there's a reason until BVS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And so a lot of people who just went and saw Man of Steel, they were just like, they're just making out in the destruction of Metropolis. All these yeah. people die. Collateral like, damage just goes out the window. Yeah, yeah. worst Superman ever. Uh, <laughs> and then you watch, and then you watch Batman versus Superman, and then you realize, like, oh, there was this was a learning curve for Superman, and now he's paying the price for making the mistakes he made in Man of Steel. And so then you start seeing that there's a full arc, but most of the people have already dismissed it. By the end of Man of Steel, they're not willing to accept that it was part of an overarching story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll have to go back and see who, like, who kisses who, because I can, like if Lois Lane just like kisses Superman for saving him, I, I think it's probably passable. But I think it is. I think she grabs his face after he's all in dis- disarray. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> But um, do you have any overall thoughts on the whole DC Cinematic Universe so far? I mean, I I am uh, I I appreciate your guys' Zen-like approach, mm-hmm. uh, but I I love DC more than almost anything on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man is my favorite my favorite superhero, but DC is my favorite universe. I mean, it's what I was raised in with the cartoons and everything like I just I love the DC universe so much and I'm worried about the state of it because I don't I don't love Man of Steel. I appreciate it for what it is, but I don't love it. BVS, again, I appreciate what they with the direction they were taking it. Ben Affleck as Batman is great. Wonder Woman seems pretty cool so far. Um, but uh, it was you know, ultimately it was kind of a movie where I was like, I wish that was better. And then you get to Suicide Squad, which is just like barely a movie. I mean, it's it's a mess. Um, and and so I'm just I am a little worried and I and I appreciate your Zen like approach. But like them losing just bleeding directors, like going through three directors on the Flash movie already. You know, they've lost their second director on the Batman movie. Um, it's scary. It's scary to me. And, uh, I'm, and I'm worried that Warner brothers don't, they do not understand what they have. And I feel like they're hanging their hat on Nolan when they should have let that go at the end of dark Knight. Because my thing is, it's like, um, I was talking to my co-host on back to the future and he said, uh, this, which I thought was a perfect, a perfect metaphor. He's like, they're so stuck on the success of the Dark Knight trilogy, and that was 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if a movie in 2005 was basing themselves on a movie that was released in 95. Oh, see, that's hard. Yeah, right. Exactly. See? Yeah. That, and, that's, and that's what they're doing is like they're basing every decision they have on like really sticking to that Nolan thing. Like we got to really stay on this Nolan bandwagon as long as possible. But Nolan would have no interest in the kinds of movies they're trying to make. And so they just end up with these things that aren't true to the DC universe and aren't really true to Chris, the Christopher Nolan ideals. And then they just become this thing that only, you know, a handful of people really love. And I think that if they would just 
kind of realign things. Don't recast. Don't start over. Just realign things a little bit. Um, I think things would get a lot better, but I'm worried that Warner Brothers as a company doesn't have the creative juice to allow that to happen. Whereas like Disney is very hands off with Marvel. Warner Brothers is not hands off with DC because as far as they're concerned, they're just like, we own this. These are our movies, yeah. not yours. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a different approach. And I think it's a mistake. I think if they let DC make their stuff in house and just help them fund it and distribute it the way that Disney does Marvel, I think we would be getting much better movies. Hmm. I wonder if it just goes back to the notion that that DC and Warner Brothers have always just been, you know, hand in hand, especially yeah, going back to the animation and stuff. Like it seems like yeah. they're they're holding on to this last grasp of this is our money maker. Like this is what's going to to make us what we are. And that yeah, well, I mean, but that's the thing is it's it's not about that because they would yeah. be making the money either way. Yeah, absolutely. It, there's some sort of I I honestly think that the studio heads or producers over at Warner Brothers just have some sort of pride thing that they're not willing to let go. They're not willing to say, like, ah, maybe we need a Kevin Feige type of person having creative control over the whole line just to, like, make sure that everything is working right and, you know, quality control, well, you know? Yeah, well, I agree with that in the sense that if if that'll just calm Warner Brothers down... And, you know, if mm-hmm. Jeff Johns can just kind of do his thing and watch and oversee things like I feel like that's that's what needs to happen because yeah. Warner Brothers does need to take like a chill pill because like, again, um, it's like when and I like that you made the comparison with Disney because when Disney kind of got Star Wars and, you know, back in what was it, 2013 or 14 when they got him. Something like that. And yeah. and uh, people were freaking out. And I am one of the biggest Star Wars fans. I spend way too much time on the Star Wars Minute listeners group. <laughs> and um, it's true. Um, I um, I remember everyone coming to me just just like, oh my god, you hear Disney bots like got Star Wars like it's it's like it's gonna be ruined. It's gonna be terrible. And I was like, you don't get it. Star Wars just got like a sugar daddy, basically. Yeah, they're just yeah. gonna get money thrown at them to do whatever yeah. they want. No, I, I yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I just remember thinking like, oh yeah, it's there. It's just a wallet for them. And it's just I, a big fat wallet. And like it was like people yeah. came to me to like validate it, and they were like, oh, like don't you think it's gonna be awful? And I would shut them down and be like, dude, they just got a ton of money. Yeah. They can do <laughs> yeah. anything now. It's gonna yeah. be great. And I was like, do you see the Marvel movies? They just they don't do anything. They just give them money. Right. Just like go make a Iron Man three. Just do it. Just like right. I remember when that happened and everyone's like, "Oh my god, the next Star Wars movie is gonna open with the Disney castle." And it's like, no, it's not. Exactly. <laughs> do they, they don't do that with the Marvel movies. What are you talking about? Um. Yeah. So. Uh. I. I. But yeah, I like that business model. I think that's the way that you get the best creative output is by. You know, funding people you trust to make movies that will make money. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Warner Brother, anyone at Warner Brothers trusts anyone at DC. And that's how we get something like Suicide Squad, which is, you know, a creative disaster because it's it's two movies. It that is have just been that has just been like, you know, 
punched together by by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I think I think of Suicide Squad as like first of all, I think of Suicide Squad as like um like if you look at it as like a live action DC animated film, not that bad. Because it's just like those films, you know, they're just kind of there. But they're good mm-hmm. to watch and like shut your brain off. And Suicide Squad can be good if you just shut your brain off a bit. Um, but they really just did throw stuff against the wall and see what uh, what kind of stuck. And, uh, like, it's just there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just, like, you know, the Batman stuff worries me. And uh, the Flash thing really worries me. The fact that they went through three filmmakers on the Flash is, like, uh, and I know what the problem is. The problem is the TV show. And I would, yep. I love the TV show, but the problem is that they can't find a take that is different enough from the TV show while also staying within what they want for the character. Yeah. That's what the problem is. I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think I definitely think the TV show is a problem. Um, the flash needs to be their realignment. From because mm-hmm. after Justice League, like the Flash needs to be like, all right, we're gonna, you know, we're changing gears here. So I, I, I don't expect a Dark Knight. Well, Aquaman is gonna be that now. Now that Flash isn't happening, I still think yeah. Aquaman's gonna keep on this whole darker yeah. side of DC. I mean, it's it's gonna no, be no, a and I, movie. I agree, I agree, but it's gonna be the first film after Justice League. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it it won't really set a different tone that we've already seen with mm-hmm. these couple movies, but that's what I was really hoping that Flash was going to be. I don't mind yeah. it being a comic relief movie, but I I want I want to see the Flash. The Flash was one of my favorite characters growing up as a kid. He's my yep. favorite character in the animated series. Like yep. uh, he's Wally West is he's, is he, he's my, my favorite. Yeah. He's my favorite DC character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, always has been. Like he's, it just needs to be. It needs to be good. And I really hope that they kind of, I don't want to say bridge the two characters, but they need to bring out the best out of Barry and out of Wally and kind of fuse them into this Ezra Miller kind of guy. And well, I'm okay with him being a snarky, funny asshole. I'm okay with him doing that as long as he runs really fast and beats people up. Like that's what I want. <laughs> I want him to throw Captain Cold into the jail. Like that's what I want. Um, I, I well, it's weird because I feel like there's nothing going wrong with the Aquaman film so far. No, I think it's just going to keep on this whole dark, realistic side of it. It's gonna. Well, I mean, it's gonna be a horror movie. Well, acor- according to Jason Momoa, like Zack Snyder is largely backseat directing it, so that's why that movie is going forward as quickly as. Uh, well, it's like, yeah. I, I don't know. Everyone else seems to be, like, really enjoying it. Like, James Wan. Jason Momoa enjoys anything because he's just a lively person. And so... Yeah, he's super chill. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, the coolest guy ever. Um, and they they kind of explain the film as very, like, swashbuckling. So, it's like, I don't know how exactly to take that other than... Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, that's how they like how how they describe the film. It's very I don't know. So maybe just kind of like um, the momentum is very fast in the film. I don't know. I'm not sure. But and then I've heard from friends of friends that Wonder Woman is a disaster, which makes me really sad. And I I'm wor- so I'm worried about that movie. And I just I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 and I, and I don't, I don't blame any of the people making these movies. I blame Warner Brothers execs because I feel like they don't know what they want and they keep getting in the way. They're trying to please the internet. That's the only person I could blame is Warner Brothers because I can't mm-hmm. see Patty Jenkins letting a film so important mm-hmm. as the icon of, you know you know feminist to to like to be a disaster i, I can't see it. Yeah. i can't see patty jenkins but, that happen but don't forget that she's the second director on that movie too because they lost their first one now it makes me think that if it was too love story based if if they threw it out if they threw the first you know version of that out because it was too love driven between uh diana and steve like i'm 100 percent okay with that i really don't want this story to end to, to be a love interest kind of deal i don't think Patty Jenkins wants that to be i don't yeah. think she wants that steve trevor i mean i don't i've never heard anything about a love story being a problem um i i just heard that mclaren wanted to make a different movie and they fired her and hired patty jenkins because she fell in line yeah, so what was that different movie going to be that's just always no the question. no no idea but Based on what we're getting from Warner Brothers, it could be anything. Yeah. It could have been something really good. Don't forget, Joss Whedon almost made a Wonder Woman movie. Oh, yeah. 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 Have you read that script? No, I never got past. I know. I should know. It's, it, 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 it's an incredible script. It's a really good Wonder Woman movie. Um, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate that we didn't get it. But, I mean, that's the thing is like, it, it, I don't think Warner Brothers knows what they want. I just don't think they know. And and uh, unfortunately, I think we're all suffering as a result because we're getting this m- mishmash of stuff that feels studio noted to death, you know? Yeah. I don't want... Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I'm still... I'm going to go into when Wonder Woman happens, I, I you know, I'm going to be that guy who's like, well, I, I bought three three tickets for three days straight to go see yeah. this. So, <laughs> I, I... And I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Wonder Woman as a as a as a person, as an icon. So it's like when I when I go see the film, mm-hmm. it's I'm gonna have a, a lot to say about it when I see it, and oh, yeah. and um, I'm really hoping that it's good. But I know, mm-hmm. um, it surprises me that I'm hearing that it's a mess because it's written by Jeff Johns. That surprises me. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jeff Johns, as a comic writer, is a really tight writer. Incredible. Um, yeah. yeah. And and so I, I don't – the idea of him writing something that's a mess doesn't really compute for me. Um, Unless, but, like, somewhere down the line it doesn't translate from what he was thinking could be, like, panel to panel to actual – to screen time. Right. Like that, that's really hard for me to, to, to think about, to, for me to accept. Well, it, right. it was so weird because when after Batman v Superman happened, and everyone was kind of like, "Oh, well, that was like a disaster." I wonder what like if Suicide Squad is going to fix anything. And then like like a couple of weeks right before Suicide Squad came out, people were doing like early reporting, like, "Oh, early screenings." Everyone said it was awesome, like like it's like amazing and like stuff like that. And I was like, "Really?" People were saying the movie is amazing, and then when it came out, it was like. Nope, that's garbage. Yeah, I want to see that amazing movie. So now I'm like, well, if someone's saying like one woman film is going to be garbage, like what is that going to like? What's it going to mean? And then at the same time, it's like, are people going to say Wonder Woman's garbage if she just puts a feminist like message out like throughout the entire film? Like 
Sometimes people just have a problem with that. And it's like, well, but those would be, those would be different people though. Yeah. So, cause I mean, I mean, you know, largely the really loud, angry, uh, contingent of the DC fans, um, are the ones who would hate Wonder Woman having a feminist message. The people who hate BVS and Man of Steel, most of those people would be like all about Wonder Woman having a feminist message. Yeah, so, I agree. I mean that's I mean that's the that's the that's the thing with the internet is when people are like the internet doesn't know what it wants and it's like no it does they're just different people yelling yeah it's like when you do one thing one group is gonna yell and when you do the other the other group is gonna yell and so it seems like the internet is always angry but they're they're different people angry about different things yeah and so it's like we have to understand like well who who says Wonder Woman sucks and. Then again, it's like who says Batman? Who says Man of Steel sucks? And it's like, well, people who like Superman the movie, and they think that's like the Bible to them of Superman. Right. And it's like, well, is that okay? No. <laughs> I think we right. should just start. We just need to turn off the internet. Can we do that? The three of us. Oh, Batgirl did it in uh, Final Crisis. <laughs> she killed the internet. It, was just, it says it right there in one of the cells. Oh, I killed the internet. No explanation. Yep. I think that's what needs to Good old happen. Grant Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. If you look into your mind and you... Okay. That's my Grant Morrison. Was that your Grant Morrison impression? <laughs> yeah. You need to be heavily Scottish. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't do a Scottish accent. You start as a person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that accent was. But, uh, yeah, I, I overall, like, I am, I am not confident, but I'm hopeful. I guess is how I feel about the DC movie universe. Yeah. I I think with the omission of Suicide Squad, because I don't really believe in that relevance to the Justice League, I, I still feel I still feel very strongly about Man of Steel. Uh, Batman v Superman, I feel like I have to defend it because as of right now I feel like it's trendy to just dog on that film. Because I don't think it deserves a 27 or 26 rating. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I think. Well, okay, but but the thing about Rotten Tomatoes is like you have to understand, and this is the thing that people people seem to like. You think that the 27 percent on Rotten Tomatoes is like it has like out of a hundred on a quiz, it had got a 27. You're like it doesn't deserve a 27, but it just means that only 27 percent of critics liked it. That's what it means. So it doesn't mean that it's a bad movie because 27% of critics enjoyed the movie. That doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means that the other part of it, they didn't like it. I mean, that's the problem with Rotten Tomatoes is that it's a either or thing. Yeah. And you can't be like, I kind of liked it or I kind of didn't like it. Like they, they, they need to know one or the other. You either liked it or you didn't like it, which is a whole thing with the internet now is you either, either thing is a absolute disaster or a thing is a masterpiece. Exactly. And that's, it all comes down to rotten tomatoes guys. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's, that's terrible. Like I, you know, I enjoy someone telling me that things, I like gray opinions because mm-hmm. I think those are valid. Like you can have flaws in a good movie, and you can have mm-hmm. good moments in a bad film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that's really important. Um, mm-hmm. And and to say a film is garbage outright, or to say a film is perfect, and then you know I can watch it and I'd be like, mm, it was all right. So mm-hmm. I I think 
we just need to like be more open about stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't ever like hating on a movie and calling it absolute garbage because I mean, people worked really hard on that movie yeah. and no one wants to make a bad movie. And the idea that like hundreds of people made Batman versus Superman, if not thousands and people are just like, what a piece of garbage. And it's like, that was four years of someone's life. Yeah. And you're just saying that they wasted their life on garbage. That's what you're saying. Like, come on. Like the gray live in the gray area. That's that's live in the I'm, gray. I'm with you on that. Absolutely. Live in the gray area, read reviews. Don't just base it on the, Rotten Tomatoes thing, because you know what? So what if only 27% of people like Batman versus Superman? You might be one of those people. No, I agree. Yeah. And I... So, just, like, imagine being one of those people and then not seeing the movie because of the rating. Yeah. So you never watch the movie, and you never know that you would have been one of the 27%. Exactly. I mean, I had somebody say they turned it off within the first 20 minutes because... I didn't understand why they were fighting. Are you kidding me when you said that to me? Like, what do you mean? Don't even tell me you turned off the movie in 20 minutes and you say, I don't understand why they're fighting. Go home. Like, get <laughs> yeah. out. Like, yeah, that's not... You didn't even one. watch the movie. <laughs> Number one, they're not even fighting. Yeah. Get you out. <laughs> the argument hasn't even begun. No. Yeah, exactly. And it's just... Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't want to live in the gray if we're talking about the gray from DC comics. I'm, I'm much <laughs> rather a fan of the red. So, so let's go into that one. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. Animal I, man for the win. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, the film's got to be given a chance. Like mm-hmm. I've seen like civil war three times and every time, I mean, uh, not, I haven't been distracted. I've, given three civil war three viewings completely my full attention yes but same like, same problems as batman v superman true but now with with this whole civil war and all these things that are coming out like all these movies from marvel side i'm constantly expecting team-ups and that's i think in my opinion the downfall there i don't think there can ever be another good solo marvel movie Unless another Avenger has to deal with their problems with them. Oh, I know. Doctor Strange was awesome. I oh, see, I don't oh, man. that at all. But like, I was just—I I don't know if I. Yeah, I think I talked about this earlier in the week. But like, at what point in Doctor Strange do the Avengers step in? Why would you want? Never. Them? It's magic. They were in a bubble. No, none of them were even aware any of that was happening. What? Yeah. Why would you want an Avenger to step in? Because after me seeing Civil War and both Avengers, like. I just constantly want to see team ups on Marvel side. I don't. I didn't huh. want anyone in Civil War. I just wanted Captain America to do more Winter Soldier stuff. I didn't want. I didn't want the airport scene. The airport scene is is fun popcorn stuff. But to me, like what should have been important was the death of uh, Peggy Carter. But it was like. A, a one minute like oh let's we'll throw that in because she died and he's at a church and 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 like all right boom now he's like with her niece or something yeah it's like really as a captain america fan i would be kind of upset about that because it's just kind of like well she died the whatever uh airport scene let's go it's <laughs> like sh- really well 
she was I mean, she was dead for Steve for years, ever since he got, got unfrozen. I mean, she's like she's like 85 or however old she is. She might as well be dead. It's not like he was still <laughs> like it's not like they were dating, dude. Like <laughs> I just wish he would like would be can there. We, for can, the- we get, can we get some, somebody that's 90 years old, like that's re- in really good health and just like completely just hate mail us right now? <laughs> Oh man, that's good. Uh, might as well be dead. <laughs> I agree, I agree with the Scott though. Like she was, she was so far beyond dead. It shouldn't even yeah. been a thing in the movie. <laughs> it just seems weirdly shoehorned in there for a Captain America film. Um, well, it was set up in Winter Soldier. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I just she was wish she was there to like be with her for like. A calming moment. Mm. Maybe she would have, like imprint a message, like a like a quote before she passed <laughs> she, away. She whispered into his ear, "Hell, I drop." Oh shit! Uh, there you that would have been good. I want to clap. <laughs> or she would have been like the message of like the reasoning of why he wouldn't. Well, I guess her death was the reason that he didn't sign the mm. Sokova. Yeah, no, the speech that Sharon gives at her funeral. Yeah. The 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 thing where she says like no you move. Oh that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was the impetus behind him being like, "Oh no, I'm not going to compromise my values." Mhm. Because that's not what Peggy would have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, yeah, but I I feel I feel the same way with Civil War with Batman v Superman. I'm like they're good movies. They have problems, but they're good. And I mm. feel like Anyone who says Civil War is the ultimate comic book movie is severely blinded by that. It's, it's just like, it's not. And it's really hard to find the perfect comic book film. Again, I, th- I don't know if there's ever going to be one. I, I think Winter Soldier is the closest one. What's your, what do you think, Scott? What is your... Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh, man. I didn't even <laughs> think about it. That's great. Oh, you're right. I was thinking it was a superhero comic book. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah. Oh, you're so right on that aspect, man. <laughs> I think we talked about yeah, we talked about films that like or comic book superhero films that like have an imprint on like who you are as a person growing up. Scott Pilgrim was one of those. Scott mm. Pilgrim and Superbad were like <laughs> if I wanted to like explain like in my my son in the future or my daughter or whatever, like you wanna know what my life was like as a kid? <laughs> Watch super bad. Watch these two movies. And then <laughs> Scott good. Pilgrim was like the fantasized version of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is what I saw in my mind of the world. Mm-hmm. This is what that girl was like to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing your ranking goes Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad. Uh, no, BVS would be above Man of Steel. Oh hell right, yeah! I can get on that. I, right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, like I I I vastly I vastly uh, uh, prefer Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor over Michael Shannon's Zod. Sorry guys. No, that's okay. <laughs> but what what did you like about Jesse Eisenberg's Alexander Luthor? I think it's really I think it's a really interesting take. Like I yes. think I think it I think it's an interesting take, and I think that I think people just don't like him like jesse eisenberg but my thing is like you're not supposed to like lex luther no. you're supposed to think he's a little shit like yeah. 
Mm -hmm. It it works for me as a villain. Like, it just works. It's super weird, but I'm really entertained by that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... I my favorite Lex Luthor will always be Kevin Spacey. I think he's the perfect <laughs> Lex Luthor. Um, but if, I, if I, only if only they had written him better. If only it wasn't another real estate plot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Because uh, everyone is gonna want to live on a rock. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do like his him being in that role. Um, mm-hmm. I. I think of Jesse Eisenberg, you know, like he is the son of Lex Luthor. Yeah. Um, but He's, I, yeah. but that doesn't mean I don't enjoy his performance. Uh, it, I like his whole helicopter pad scene oh, man, is phenomenal. Yeah. I lo- that's one I of my enjoy favorite. it. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, only, do we have problems up here? Like that my was... only problem with him isn't in, in the performance. It's in the writing. Like I wish he had, I wish we understood his, reason for wanting to get rid of superman and batman more than we do yeah i think a lot of problems and when we get to that film i really want to like dive into it but like abstractly like a lot of people are gonna have like a lot of people do have problems with the whole doomsday bit because they're like well why did he create doomsday if he hated superman and he thought batman was gonna like they're gonna fight each other but then doomsday was already being created like yeah a lot of people have problems with that because they don't, they don't like, they they want to know like why did he even create that thing, to unleash it to destroy the world if he loves humans but hates Superman, like why did he create it? And I, and like honestly, my opinion is he created Doomsday to show you that Kryptonians are terrible people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It was like, it's like look at how bad this thing is. Yeah, this and is then, what this is what Superman's gonna turn into. Yeah, exactly. yeah. like that. To do. Yeah. yeah, it's like uh, it's like creating the problem. It's like the war on drugs. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> like the war on drugs. It's exactly what that is. You created a problem to show the problem, then cure the problem, and then you look like a hero. Mm-hmm. Boom, write it down. Boom. All right, <laughs> I like that. So, but I mean. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. This is yeah. Been, thank you for having me. It's been fun. It's been a fun week. Yeah, I'm, I'm I enjoyed, enjoyed every it. every minute of it. Um, Scott, where can we find you? Uh, find me at uh, duelinggenre.com. That's where all my podcasts are. I've got Back to the Future Minute, and of course, Spider Man Minute, which has just launched. Um, and uh, check out Geek by Night. I talked about it at the beginning of the show, but it's the podcast series that I uh, write and produce with a full cast, special effects, all of that stuff. Um, and it's about uh, friends who work at a comic book store together and get superpowers. And it's sort of like in the vein of uh, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that sort of style of storytelling. And um, I'm really proud of it. And I think it's really good. Uh, so go check it out. If you, if you like this superhero stuff, I think you'll like geek by night. Hell yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a check at geek by night. That sounds actually really cool. Um, and I can't wait for, uh, to listen to all the Spider-Man minutes and, uh, yeah. Um, if you love what you hear here, uh, let us know. You can rate, subscribe, do all that jazz. Uh, you can find us on all social media as well at DCEU minute. And please go check out all of Scott Corelli's great work. And we'll catch you guys next week here on DC Cinematic Minute. Bye.